Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and people ask me all the time, you know, Greg, how do you uh, stay constant in your faith and stay hopeful? And I always share with them the first thing is uh, by spending time with Jesus and reading His Word. I also love music. But uh, something really over the past year that's really helped me uh, grow in my faith and uh, stay hopeful is uh, reading blogs. And uh, we had somebody on a couple weeks ago, Katie, it writes The Narrow Path. And uh, another blog that's really blessed me, encouraged me over the past couple of years is one uh, from a guy that uh, we knew each other many, many years ago from high school at Tate's Creek High School. And his name's Marty Stubblefield. And he writes a blog called The Old Lazy Dog. And started writing it and recently just celebrated his 25th anniversary uh, of writing this blog. And uh, it was just a powerful blog that he kind of reposted some of the ones he's written over the years and really just blessed my spirit. And so uh, I got in touch with Marty and we hadn't had contact for over 30 years and he was willing to be with us. So, Marty, good to get reacquainted with you and welcome to Hope is Here. Thanks for being with us. Man, Greg, I'm honored. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, just uh, it's exciting to be able to just to share just what God's been doing. Well, I can't wait to do that. Tell people a little bit about what you're doing these days. I know you don't live in Kentucky anymore. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Marty Stubblefield's world. Sure. I am now the executive vice president with a marketplace ministry called Christian Businessmen's Connection. We're a 93-year-old marketplace ministry. So basically I'm doing the COO role for the ministry, and uh, we're a national ministry, uh, touching hearts and changing lives in the marketplace. So it's pretty pretty fun. After being a banker for so long and then in state government, this allows me to actually put my faith to work in a different capacity. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I came from the business world, too, and uh, so it's just great to see how God can do ministry everywhere. I love your organization's idea and love this blog that you write uh, called The Old Lazy Dog. And uh, Share with our listeners, uh, why, why did you start writing us? Tell us about how this kind of came to play. Yeah, it's really kind of a neat story. It actually started with a Promise Keeper's calendar and part of my own little devotion time, my, my own personal time with God. And I, what I would do is is read the scripture that was on the calendar, and I would write it down, and then I would rewrite, you know, Tony Evans' comments or, or uh, whoever's comments of the day, rewrite those, and then I would start writing my own com- comments. And just by chance, you know, you know how those God chances are, uh, just by chance I shared it with a couple guys. And they said, well, man, if you're going to write this every morning, send it to me. Um, so I, I started doing that, and soon, of course, the calendar ran out. And uh, instead of buying a new calendar, I said, well, heck, I, I think I can do this myself. So I uh, started getting into the Word, and God just kind of started giving me these ideas, these thoughts, these stories that uh, somehow blessed hearts and touched lives. And uh, so I started sharing that, and and. Uh, in a ministry that I had started back in Tallahassee, Florida, I shared it uh, with a group of about 300 people, and uh, I came back with 220-some-odd people who signed up for it. Uh, and the next thing I know, it's uh, it, it reached 1,000, and then uh, from there, a couple thousand people who are actually receiving it just about every morning around the world. It's just, it's really nuts, Greg. 
Well, I love that story, and uh, it's encouraging. I know other people are listening and saying, you know, wow, I kind of have a desire in my heart, and uh, I think you probably found out, I know I have, uh, you know, it's just being faithful in the little things often that uh, God puts on our hearts, and when we do that, um, then he does the rest. Have you found that to be true, Marty? Yeah, very much so. You know, it really helps to have um, people around you as well who will pour into you, and who will tell you, hey, that's not a dumb idea, you know, go for it. You know, or, hey, that's a really cool idea. Man, I, I, I want to be part of that. Um, and I was blessed to have a couple guys that way in my life, and, and uh, one of them was a pastor, and uh, he just kind of poured into me and says, Marty, man, this is, this is right on. Let's, uh, um, let's get this thing out there for others to read. Well, I've definitely been blessed the past couple of years, and uh, you celebrated your 25th anniversary. I mean, you had no idea that was going to happen when you started, did you? No, really didn't. It, uh, you know, it was one of those things that uh, I did just because I felt like God was leading me to do it, and then it became more and more a part of my day and my morning. And um, and as kids start arriving, uh, you know, the stories. Uh, uh, start out about dogs and kids and life, and then as kids grow up, those those thoughts change a little bit, um, and God just keeps putting on these ideas of what, hey, this, come see me in the real world, you know, come see me when I'm out, you know, on a hike and in the mountains. What is what is God revealing when you're there, or on the ocean floor, or when you're on on the beach, or wherever you may be. Is being able to see God in the real world, and and seeing Him, um, you know, the things that He does in the real world, uh, and that He's calling us to be part of um, part of uh, His work. He wants us to see Him at work and go there and be part of it, no matter where that is. Well, final question for you before we start uh, sharing some of these just wonderful blogs that you've written. How did you come up with the name of the blog, the Old Lazy Dog? Yeah, and it's actually uh, the first one we'll talk about is is about Jake the dog. Jake okay. was a black lab of mine, and uh, Jake and I back in my single days, Jake and I had many adventures and really a lot of God lessons uh, in the midst of those adventures. So um, it started, that's really where it came from. So dog is disciple of God, and we have become old and lazy disciples of God. So hopefully what the blog does is calls us out from being old and lazy and calls us to put our faith to work, put our faith into action. Well, I absolutely love that. We're going to share that one today. We're going to have you do that, Jake and the Duck, the 25th anniversary edition. Marty Stubblefield, the writer and author of this wonderful blog called The Old Lazy Dog. Uh, you can find it online at oldlazydog.com. But you started this uh, devotional out by with James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25 as the scripture basis. And remember, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen and don't obey, it is like looking at your face in the mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Share about, share about the blog that you wrote off of that passage, Marty. 
Yes, sir. So, so Jake was my dog, as I said. He was a he was a black lab. That um, if there's any such thing as a soul dog, Jake was mine. And for over 12 years, uh, the black lab was my buddy, my friend, uh, my partner in many little adventures. So we had it. We had a great time together, and and really was my became part of my family. Uh, when I first found Jake, I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, and um, I was uh, working for a bank there and made a call on uh, the Humane Society. And uh, I will tell you this: don't ever take don't ever take the tour uh, <laughs> because you take the tour, you come home with a, with a, with a dog, and that's what I did. And thankfully, I got their business, but they also got mine. And Jake and I became buddies. Um, I spent my time with him in Birmingham trying to teach him how to sit, how to shake, how to stay, uh, how to run next to me without getting under my feet. Um, and and then uh, soon thereafter, the bank moved me to Pensacola, Florida, where I had a little side yard and I taught Jake how to, how to hear my voice, hear my commands in the backyard, in the side yard. Uh, I taught him uh, how to catch a Frisbee uh, I turned these little toy frisbees that you get out got out of frosted flakes um, into uh, you know the first step in catching a frisbee and a bigger frisbee. And Jake was really the smartest dog I'd ever known. Uh, I could tell Jake to go pick you know go find uh, the red ball and he'd find the red ball. Uh, go find the blue ball, he'd find the blue ball. Go get the stick, which was his favorite thing. We had a stick uh, for some eleven years that we would throw into the sound down in Pensacola and then later into Fort Walton Beach, um, where it got petrified from the salt water in the, in the dry air after we got done. So we would go on a three-mile a three mile run, and I would pop off his leash and let him run to the water, and I would throw that stick over and over and over again. And he'd, you know, he'd swim out in the water, swim back, drop it off with his tail wagging, and this crazy dog smile on his face and would say, throw it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, you know, on the little goofy smile that he had. But dogs like, like most of us are creatures of habit. And Jake and I would run our little three-mile course most every day, and I would make the, the same turn day after day toward the sound. Uh, and in Jake's excitement, his focus on the run became a focus on my commands and ultimately a focus on the water. So as my confidence in Jake obeying me and my commands continued to grow, I began to pop off his leash earlier and earlier as we would make our turn toward the water until one fateful day. Uh, I popped off the, I was, the leash a little early because I was feeling pretty confident in him and him hearing my voice. Uh, and he took off running like he would and you know, like he should. And uh, he would sprint toward the water. He made the left turn toward that water. And then suddenly, um, things changed. Now, it's not a car. It wasn't anything like that. It was a duck. This duck grabbed his attention, and instead of hearing my commands, hearing my voice, hearing me call for him and yell at him uh, to stop or to stay or to, or to you know, come back to me, he kept chasing this duck, only once looking back at me. It's like he's just saying in his mind or in his little smile, Hey, I hear you, but I'm going to get this duck. 
So Jake, Jake started chasing the duck all through this yard right next to the street, and the duck would stay three feet ahead of him. Really the smartest duck I've ever seen because the, the faster Jake went, the faster this duck would go and, and really was leading him towards the water. He got him, uh, got him to, to the water, and the duck took off. And, you know, as I'm screaming at my dog, uh, I finally realized that maybe this, this adventure is over. Maybe this craziness is going to stop. But it didn't. And Jake kept chasing the duck into the sound. So I don't know if, uh, if you all know what the sound is, but the sound is the, the shipping lanes. This is where the, uh, this is where the, the big boats go um, on their way in and out of the Gulf. So the big barges, the big boats, all of that goes in the shipping lane. Well, here I am, this Kentucky boy, standing on you know, the shoreline, screaming at a black lab, uh, telling him to stop chasing a duck. And he's not. And the duck is staying three feet ahead of him all the way out into the shipping lane. Until finally the craziness started happening where the duck started flying and jumping on my dog's head. He's trying to drown my dog. He's trying to drown Jake. So I'm standing on the shoreline going, oh, my goodness, what, what do I do? What do I do? You know, so I take off my shirt. I take off my running shoes. I've got stick in hand. So I swim out into the sound and ultimately grab my dog like I'm in a uh, like like I am a, a lifeguard and put him in that lifeguard hold and the duck continues to dive bomb him and dive bomb me and I start swinging the stick and swinging the stick and until finally I kind of nick him and he flies off I'm like thank goodness that is over thank goodness that's going to end but it doesn't the duck comes back Stronger and start, stronger diving at us until finally I backslap <laughs> this duck and it goes flying into the water. Marty, I hate to cut you off, but I want to have you brother. pause, brother. We got we're out of time, but you're going to finish this powerful blog, the story. You do not want to miss <laughs> this. We are talking with Marty Stubblefield. He is the author of a wonderful blog called The Old Lazy Dog. Would encourage you to check it out, oldlazydog.com. But he's going to finish this powerful blog that he wrote about his dog Jake. So join us again tomorrow as we talk with Marty Stubblefield on Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today.